1: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits, our little gift to you podcast subscribers. With me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, Emma Sexton is away this week, so instead, Jenny Trent Hughes stood in for her. We're talking to a woman who has survived not one, not two, but five cancer diagnoses. She is incredible. This is her story.
3: Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass
2: Women's Hour Excel with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One,
4: two, three, four! Our
2: next guest is a truly remarkable survivor. I... We've had a few women on in the last few weeks talking about living with cancer, and I feel like it's a wider topic of conversation at the moment.
3: Mm.
2: But our next guest is somebody who I can't even say you're living living with cancer. It feels like you're just surviving through and through again and again. Angelica Fenny, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi. Um, tell us a little bit about. Well, tell us a little bit about the first time you were diagnosed with cancer when you were seventeen. Um, I
3: was. How it actually come about is I was born with an inverted nipple. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually automatically thought that was normal. Um, and my sister watched a programme and she knew that I'd had an inverse because obviously when I was younger she used to bath me and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when she'd watched watch this programme, she um, took me upstairs and she said, show me your breast. And I thought she was just being pervy type of thing <laughs> without, <laughs> I, she did, and then we ended up having a physical fight because I, th- I really thought she was being pervert little did i know she was going to save me life <laughs> that's great and so she saw this immense nipple and she was like you need to go and get checked out yeah and um, because obviously like i said she she'd bathed me and everything else so she uh. knew that i'd grown up with just one nipple I just thought it was it was normal because I I didn't go around yeah. looking at other people's breasts <laughs> or anything like that so I thought it was normal mm-hmm. so when she was like no I've just watched a program and things like that Um I did actually go to the gps but because I was so young um uh, one of the consultants wasn't even examining me right. um but I I'd wow. went I went with a friend who was a sister at Walton and um, she she was like, right, you really do need to see. And he was like, no, 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 how old are you? Um, I've just been to a case conference because obviously she was a sister as well. So she wasn't happy and she took me back to the GPs and I got referred to the women's um, in Liverpool. And within two days, I was having the nipple taken off. Um, and had that cancer been there the whole time or was it something that had developed and it's
2: just more Well prone? there's
3: there's two things um with an inverted nipple what, what it can actually be. It could actually be the ducts Um okay. yeah. in, in the nipple. But with the duck if if it's your ducts, it comes in and out. Whereas mine had never been out at all. Yeah, right. Um so yeah, I think I was But they never actually said um you was yeah. born with it they just removed it and everything else. But I actually do think and believe I was actually born because obviously I, I only ever known having mm-hmm. one nipple. So they removed the nipple and you thought, OK, thank God we've caught it, I'm yeah. done here, all good. What happened then? I um, did the trial for the drug called tamoxifen, mm-hmm. which is the biggest selling drug now. Um, but back then you had to sign um, a form to say um, you consent. And because they didn't know, because it was a trial, they didn't really know what side effects properly you was going to get. And there was um a small percentage chance you could get cervical cancer from her. Mm. Um but it was a five year drug. So you went on the drug for five years and then I come off there, and then ended up with cervical cancer. Wow. wow. So I can't say it was the tamoxifen and I can't say, but I believe in my own heart of hearts, I believe it was the tamoxifen, me doing the trial, Mm -hmm. even though it's the the best drug now, but it's been changed slightly. Um, It's the best drug now for somebody who's going through breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, It gave me cervical cancer. So you
0: were 22 at the time? No,
3: I was 27 when I had cervical cancer. Yeah. I had a fully well then they called it hooperistrectoma because right. you have your ovaries and everything else taken away mm-hmm. um um my consultant it was mrs langton I don't know <laughs> that. it was um, she turned around and said um because i was so young i could end up with brittle bone syndrome
0: Wow. Uh, because i was so
3: very young mm-hmm. so when you've had breast cancer you can't go on hrt mm-hmm. but because i was so young I needed to go on the HRT mm-hmm. because otherwise I'll get brittle bone syndrome. Mm. So I went on the HRT and then breast cancer
0: come back. Because your cancer's hormonal. Yes. Yeah. Which is something I've just learned. Recently. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes.
2: And did they not when she was saying to you need to go on HRT was she not also taking into
3: account that you'd had breast yes. cancer? She was saying the kind of odds are in your favour? She what, how it worked? Because I think it was more concerned about the brittle bone because I was only so young. I was, like, one of the youngest to have any streptoma. Right. Um, because for two years, I mean, with the cervical screen and that, like, you can't really be screened at a young age. Mm. Obviously, I did, because of having breast cancer. They did screen me. Um, and for two years, it kept coming back abnormal. Mm. And then when it came severe, it was a case of, you need this done. We need to put you on this, because if not, you're going to be really ill with brittle bone syndrome and not be able to do anything. So, hang on, they were screening you for two years and getting abnormal results for yeah. two years? Yes. And they didn't do anything? No. And you have you have, f- have um, colchoscopies and things like that all the time, and you go on these little chairs and your bum comes out. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? You, they do all that. But they, they, because you're so young, they just don't want to do anything. Okay.
2: And so they were saying the only, you know, even if it was, there was no other treatment apart from a hysterectomy. A full, a, it, like I
3: say, it was called mm. a um back in the
2: day. So this all happened before you're even 30. Yes. Mm. yes. And we just don't end here. <laughs>
3: oh, what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> I get rid of the breast cancer. Then I end up with skin cancer on my face. Um, so I have treatment for skin cancer, which you can see that I've got the scar on the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to rid of the skin cancer. It comes back again on the face. So they do in the same position. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I think they didn't really get it all with the radiation mm-hmm. and everything else. So they removed that from the face. Then skin cancer come back again, but on my leg. Oh my
2: gosh.
3: And then last year I had bowel cancer. No. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my word.
0: I ended up with a colostomy bag uh, for nine months. And so just at the point where you're finding these other cancers, you're cancer-free in these other areas. When you had skin cancer, you did not have bowel cancer. No, 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 no. How, how, every, when you're sitting in in the doctor's surgery and they Mm -hmm. give you this information, what's going through your mind? What? It's like I'm under
3: a spell. I feel like I'm I'm living this spell that I can't get out of. Yeah. It's um, it's like when they when they tell you that you're in remission, it's you disbelieve it because mm. I've been going through it for 23 years in total. Mm. It's like, is this really happening? Mm. It, it the emotion, everybody thinks like you should be jumping up and down like a baby kangaroo, <laughs> but you, you you literally well I wasn't. Mm. Even now, after like I say. Six month, and I'm still like, is it going to come back? Mm. And that's what you think. You don't think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm surviving. You don't, you, you genuinely don't think like that. And were they always caught early?
0: Yes, because you were ultimately having tests and sort of on on their rate on their radar
3: yeah it's like every six months now I have to go back right and okay. um, that's why I found out I was in remission for the six month okay Um so I'll go back every six months so when
4: you were going through the period of time when for like two years they were doing all those different tests for you the, and the saying, cervical yeah yeah and, and you're saying mm, did you feel inside of your inside of your head that this is not right, how this is going. They need to do yes, something. Yes,
3: yes. But then when when my consultant told me I was having the astrectomy, it was literally, um, I remember my sister being sat with me, she literally told me on this day and she said, you're having it done within two weeks. And it was, I went into denial. Because I'd been going through it for two years and didn't know what was going to yes. happen, I literally went into denial and I ran away. <laughs> I did come back before the operation, <laughs> I must Good admit. Meant. But, I, it, it, like I said, because I've gone through it, mm. and it was like, it's a big thing, that I don't think I can do this. And the one thing that I really wanted out of life was children. Mm. And not being able to do that, it was taking it away from me. Yeah. So, and I, it was like I was trying to keep it as long as I possibly could. Mm. It was like my sister asked him to save my, my eggs, mm. and they couldn't even save them. So it, you know what I mean. It was, it was a massive thing for me.
2: We're going to keep talking Ooh. to Angelica here on Talk Radio. Just the most incredible story, my darling I don't know how you are still sitting here with a smile on your face. The rest of us <laughs> just like, oh, we've only been listening to it. So thank you for sharing. Angelica is going to be here after the break here on Badass Women's Hour XL.
0: The vampire strikes back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio.
2: We are talking to Angelica Fenny, Ambassador for Models of D- Diversity, all about living with essentially recurrent diagnosis of cancer. Angelica, how do you find, I guess, the energy and resilience mm.
3: to keep going on? Do you know what? I actually don't know, in all fairness, because th- I think it's I've been friends, good friends, um, a few times I felt like I wanted to, uh, to give up mm. and not fight her. Um, you get to that stage and you think, is this worth keep fighting? Is it going to come back again? When you've got it and you're like, you've got it now, let's just end it now. So much emotion. Mm. Um, And then you think of your family. Um, You think, well, you've got to try and fight it just for for them. Because if you just give in, Mm. and the only thing I've got, and
0: anybody else who's going through cancer is up, that's Mm. all we've got. Is up. You started to say in the break that when you found out you had bowel cancer, you yes. then found out your father had lung cancer. Yes. How, as a family, did you deal with that? Oh, it, it was, um, for me, I can't
3: speak about how my sisters and that lot. For me, um, I'm, I was very private. I wouldn't let my uh, family know when I was having, well, they knew that I was having operations or whatever, but I wouldn't let them come see me. Mm. Um, and that was due to my sister coming down, and um, when I was on the oestrectomy. she got very emotional, and I vowed then I'd never let her get emotional like that again. I wouldn't never let her see it. So my father kept asking me how I was, uh, what's going on. I'm like, everything's fine, everything's fine. And this particular day, he got um, taken into hospital, and I'd got down there, and he hadn't. He he knew he, knew, he got told in casualty. And he didn't want anybody else to know until he spoken to me. Mm-hmm. And his words to me was, I told you I'll find you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah. He said, you can't do anything without me. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I am like, genuinely hadn't a clue what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are you talking about, I He said, I've got cancer with you. And he <laughs> was so... He was like... I just wanted the floor to open me up. Yeah. Um, and then... Oh, he was... he he kept saying thank you (laughs) he kept saying um, we'll fight this together Mm. and everything else Um, I did cancel a couple of my appointments and everything else because my father deteriorated very quickly Mm. Um, and he asked me, he he said to me please don't leave me so I cancelled a a few of my follow up appointments, I kept the bag a bit longer than what I I think I should have done um, so I could have stayed with my father. I didn't want to leave him. Um, so I could be there and just by his side. And he, he passed away. So sorry. Oh,
4: dear. Sorry. was um, all about that.
3: But the thing, it's like when you say about the remission, it's guilt, I feel, as mm. well. Because when right. my father said, we'll fight this together, he's not here. Mm. I've survived it so many times. My father had it once. Mm-hmm. I never survived it. so I'll, I have a little bit of guilt. Even though now I'm like I'm doing it for my father as well, mm-hmm. I have still a little bit of guilt. That he's not here, mm-hmm. and he never he he, he, he he truly did fight it as much as he can, but he didn't fight it enough to still be with me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it that that hurt me quite a lot there.
4: The way that you share your story and the way that you tell what has happened to you with such strength that will really help so many, many people you have no idea anyone hearing you it just, I think will give them a little bit of strength and a little bit of hope
3: yeah, that's all we've got anybody who's got cancer or who's surviving it and and actually thinking that it's going to come back that's all we've got is hope we haven't got anything else and you have to live every day as though it's your last in the respect, yes, you can be told you're in remission. I was before this remission. I was told once before that I was in remission, and it was the skin can the first mm. lot of skin cancer, and within a week, the skin cancer was back. Mm. So you've got to you've got to it's like you've got to be spontaneous. You've got to go and
0: do things and and just have that oh, that like it's gonna not come back. And so, I mean, what what do you do? I- how do how do you look after yourself and also still find time to give back as an ambassador um, for Models of Diversity? Because, I, I mean, it, you're, you're giving so much of, of yourself.
3: Well, with Models of Diversity, um, Angel's um, a really good friend of mine as well, who's, thing, who's the CEO. Um, and she's my best friend. and She's helped me a lot through mm. the cancer as well, so it's only right to give something back. And I truly believe in diversity that, that we represent, mm-hmm. um, putting more um, models of colour, um, curvy models, uh, disabled models in the media outlet, um, it, it needs to be out there. Does it help in terms
0: of something else to think about? It does, yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot. Yeah. Just something other than yeah. the day-to-day? Yeah.
4: I, mean, I, I think there's also the element of... What I always consider the best piece of advice ever, which is staying in the moment, that in your life as much time as you can spend in the moment really helps because oh God, yeah. you know because you're not thinking about all the different things that have happened to you and yeah. that it might happen again. Totally. So if you stay right where you're at.
3: Totally. It's like I'm excited because uh, models of diversity um, we're putting on. Um, a fashion show at london fashion week in mm-hmm. september mm-hmm. and we've already we've already got a massive designer um marlon brenton i think i mm-hmm. said that right and mm-hmm. um, he's from the usa mm-hmm. um, he's actually gonna uh, dress all our celebrities mm-hmm. so things like that encourage Matt to carry on mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um through day to day
0: mm. so it's such a powerful story yeah. of, of just courage and resilience and bravery and getting up every day and and fighting yeah. for 23 years yeah it's a long time
2: <laughs> yeah. Angelica thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story with us thank you thank
4: you thank you thank, thank you. you thank you so much
2: <laughs> thank you for having me oh no it was absolutely amazing and I you know Chase, you're so inspiring to everyone but also what I really loved about listening to you was just this incredible resilience and um acceptance you know this is just it's just part of life and i'm just going to keep living it and keep getting on with it and it's you've got to and for
3: anybody else who's going out there just have a bit of hope because that's all we have actually got is all you've also
0: got a lot of good humor too (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 on your little (laughs) (laughs) angelica if anyone wants to find out
3: more about your story or more about you where should they be looking um well for me it's angelica Fenny on social media but can i just Mm. say about Models of Diversity, nice please. Because um, we are looking for sponsors in that as well uh, for our fashion show. So for sponsor or anything, they can email us at info at diversity.org and they can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and it's Models of Diversity. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you wonderful. very
2: much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. What what this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and MS Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour, HR, um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,